Welcome to the Chicago Golf Tour Podcast, sponsored by Sub70 Golf. Sub70 Golf is the number one direct-to-consumer golf equipment company based out of Sycamore, Illinois. By cutting out middlemen and unnecessary overhead, Sub70 products are roughly half the cost of other OEMs. Everything is custom-built, and they typically have one- to two-week turnaround times. With a full equipment line from driver through putter and options for everyone, go check out Sub70 Golf at golfsub70.com. All right, folks, welcome back to another edition. As always, we got the handsome Mr. Big Rob across from me. How are we doing, big fella? What's going on, Tom? Not much, my man. How are we doing? Good, good. How was the weekend? Weekend was good. It uh, went by pretty quick, though. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm enjoying the hell out of this weather today. Oh, I know. It's uh, seeing the snow melt. Makes you want to get on the course, though. Makes you want to hit wedges immediately for me. <laughs> for some reason. Um, speaking of, I'm actually going to try out our our favorite uh, PXG driver again tomorrow at the range. Oh, I was, always, I was going to ask, did you get to do it last week? No, didn't get the uh, the chance. We we planned for it. Just, you know, it was like mid-20s, so it would have yeah. been still pretty cold out. But, yeah, tomorrow is supposed to be like a high of 50 six or something like that 58 so we're gonna try, hitting? we're gonna try to hit the sweet spot okay um either there or cog but i think the sweet spot so super pumped for that do uh, i have top um, tracer there what's that do they have top tracer there yeah oh, okay yeah 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 it's my cousin's spot it's like more low-key i think there's only like six or seven bays though compared to like you know cogs 20 right however many they have but yeah they tend to go there so you know i'm just tagging along i said i'll be there there you go so, yeah uh weekend was good like i said it kind of flew by had a nice little uh wedding on saturday it was nice to get out and kind of mingle and you know have a couple drinks and hang out so how about you did you did you push the tour oh yeah i pushed the tour hard actually pretty funny story um just spoke of the tour you know okay in the first you know five ten minutes um not necessarily of meeting this guy but you know after we you know we established a conversation blah blah blah, then i just spoke of it um and then you know two and a half hours later you know then a different story came out because i was feeling good he's like (laughs) He's like, wait, so he's like, you, you run this and you were just trying to like get me on it the whole time. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. So, um, you know, cause typically I don't really push it hard. I mean, if, if, if I know you're a golfer, sure. Then I'll push it. But like, I'm not just, you know, I, I don't tend to be that guy who just talks about it all the time. Uh, there's sure. a, a time and place, but yeah, I was feeling good. Um, so I, I circled back on it and, um, so is he going to play? I don't know. I don't even, <laughs> I said, I barely remember talking to him. Um, <laughs> but the, the combo was good. Um, I think my wife is the one who told me the, the next day, but yeah, I mean, I'm always pushing it at some point, but you know, um, Good time, good wedding, good drinks, fun place out at uh, CDME and I think it's Mokina. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet little spot. Um, how was your weekend? It was good. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, my son turns four, so we had his birthday party for my wife's side on Saturday. It was nice, though. Playing some music, got to be around people, but had the golf going on in the background. So oh, nice. it's always good to sit there and be able to do that type of stuff. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Nolan. Happy birthday. Yeah, Nolan. That'll be four tomorrow, or he'll be four on Tuesday, but you guys will be hearing this on Wednesday. So, yeah. yeah. The big four. The big four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lily turns one in what, two weeks? Is it next week or two weeks? Yeah. Something like that. I don't know, the fourth. It's coming. Mm-hmm. So it's been crazy, but yeah, it's been a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, man, this, I first, something about it you know the the weather changing the snow going away just seeing grass yeah is a yeah. great is a great sign it's kind of funny because it's like carriage greens they've had their pins through even through the snow so like driving past there the other day get to see the greens again i mean even though i mean that's just a nice course not a nice course but it's a it's an easy course to get to to uh-huh. play a quick nine you know oh yeah i uh i was thinking about that earlier um so i'm like i wonder if there's anything open right now because i'm sure dude i'm i'm almost positive there's probably going to be people golfing tomorrow if 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 there's a course open i'm sure there's going to be people out there well you get you always want those guys you you always have those guys that like to say oh i played in january or i played in december or february so right um i think we talked about this in the earlier podcast and we'll see if I stay true to it. But I believe I told you, like, I'm turning a leaf and I'm I'm no longer going to be that guy that plays in, like, 38-degree weather. Like, I'm just going to wait a couple more weeks. I found myself thinking about that today. I'm like, I would go play in a heartbeat. Today wasn't – I mean, today was nice. Yeah, right. Today was beautiful. Um, but I'm saying, like, for instance, next week, you know, it's supposed to get back down into the 20s and be cold again and possibly even sure. snow. But, you know, I'm saying, you know, maybe three weeks out from now, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like a 42-degree Saturday. Sure, sure. And then be jumping. Well, see, that's funny that you say that because, <laughs> you know, we got our little shootout on that Saturday, but we always do that. We have a group that does Masters Friday, and we, you know, jump from course to course in our art always our cutoff is a 42 degree if we're going to play or not <laughs> so if it's 42 and a 42 and above we'll play on masters friday if it's below 42 we'll be at the whistle bar watching the masters i like that i like that there's I, you know what maybe i'll go to that rule from now on and just put a mm-hmm. you know kind of a threshold in there and be like all right yeah. if it is you know 42 or whatever that that number is maybe i'll yeah i, I like that actually because mm-hmm. we're in a cousin's group text and you know there's like it's pretty split in half like one cousin's like kind of he'll play whenever and then the other one's like dude it's 36 degrees out like right right so i think you remember last year uh opening day um water's edge it was freezing it was like mm-hmm. you know it had to be high 38s ish mm-hmm. Maybe even lower, but that's essentially why we moved the uh, the schedule yeah. back. So, you know, hopefully we don't we don't have that this year. Um, 
you know, mid-April, it's, you know, it, even if it's raining, sure, whatever, that's annoying, but, you know, as long as it's like 10 degrees warmer, that's a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, it always seems the week after the Masters is when the, the nice sunny weather comes in, right? Because it's always like, it's kind of funny, we've been doing it for like 12 years or 13 years now. And it's like, I could only count like on a handful that how many times we've actually gotten to play because it's either too cold or snowy or rainy. But yeah, but then it seems like that week after Masters, it's always like, oh shit, why could have this been the day last week? Because it's always usually sunny in upper 40s, it feels like. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to send you or put a video. The PXG? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I can't wait. Hopefully. So are you going to compare it to your Titleist tomorrow? Are you going to, are you going to hit both? Uh, yeah, but we got to see both. We got to see the numbers for both. Yeah. I don't know if I'll have time to do that, but that's something that I'm personally going to do for sure. Just because I don't know how many guys are going to be there tomorrow and the way that they do it, because that there is only so many bays, you know, basically one guy goes in, gets like 10, 15 rips, and then we kind of just rotate out. So, you know, I don't want to be that guy who's like working on his drivers and switching out clubs and stuff like that. But I am going to do that in the near future, uh, you know, on my own, just to give it a, a one last go. And of course, I'm going to probably game it for a little bit and see, you know, what kind of action I'm getting there. But um, did you catch any of the Genesis? Yes, I did. I watched a good portion of it. Um, like I said, Sarah Day was catching it without the commentary, but um, a lot of it yesterday. And then majority of Thursday, Friday had it on in the background. It was um, – I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, he – it was like a blowout for a little bit, but yesterday Colin made it pretty interesting towards the end. Yeah, I was just going to say – first two rounds you know kind of boring obviously because neiman just went bananas you know set the the uh 36 hole squad yeah, records um yeah the guy just went crazy i mean open up 63 63 like and then you know he kind of played defensive saturday sure. sunday which he could have yeah. been but to your point it was it was fun to see you know colin even um, young, and then well, T almost went back to back. Man, I thought yeah. Colin had a good chance. Yeah, um, as soon as Young chipped in on like fourteen, I was starting to get a little nervous for for Neiman. Fourteen or fifteen, something like that. Yeah, I think it was like fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, because then the next hole was a par three, and I think Neiman fired right at the pin. Because yeah. that's when uh, Young was short in the sand, I believe. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, what a – Because then Colin had that chip in too, didn't he, on Sunday? Yeah. I which, remember it. Which was ridiculous. I mean, such a tight lie up onto, you know, like a forced carry little plateau green where, you know, you got to land it soft. That that shot is, is just absolutely ridiculous. You made it – What a, about it? Made it look a lot easier than it was. Yeah. What about him uh, walking in front of JT? Yeah, that's hilarious. 
Like he didn't even know. No, it was no. great. Yeah. And then JT said, I should have hit you. Well, I just saw the video this morning of uh, Spieth hitting the tree. Yeah. It, it barely showed him this weekend. I mean, right. after Thursday, I thought he was going to be in contention for the rest of the weekend, but kind of just fell out. <clears throat> yeah. Still made a par on that hole, too, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But uh, to recap, yeah, Neiman. So he becomes only the the first player. So he's the first player since 1969 to go wire to wire there, which I found was insane. At Wait, what was it? He's the first player at RIV since 1969 to go wire oh, wow. there. And he's the fourth only in the history of RIV. Yeah. So that's pretty been, crazy. Yeah. There's only been four guys to ever go wire to wire. He's the first to do it since 69. So just Tiger never went wire to wire there. No, that just goes to show you how insanely tough. I mean, he's known, you know, as. He's up there with, I mean, you look at his his stats, he's up there with Finau and, and Rom in terms of ball striking. He's known as a really good ball striker. He's just, he's never really been a, a great putter. So mm-hmm. when that guy gets on and he's putting, then, you know, he turns into like a Morikawa. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, watch out. This guy's just absolutely filthy with his irons. Um, he was moving the ball wherever he wanted to off the tee. His tee to Gers, yeah, tee to green was ridiculous. Um yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, Riv's no walk in the park. He made that place look like, you know, his bitch for the first two days. Yeah. Well, it was also cool to see people's different shots, you know, chipping into the the hills behind the greens to, you know, have them come back down. It was was a fun watch for sure. Yeah. You're talking about, like, so Rory's sand shot and – yeah, Rory's, I think, uh, yeah, I think Colin did it like on Thursday or Friday. Oh, no, or was it Scheffler? Scheffler, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, actually, I think Colin might have had one too, where he he used that bank. Yeah, I think Xander did too. Now yeah. that I think about it, but it was always stuff like that. It's always cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, still a great tournament, no matter you know how you look at it. Um, how'd you think of Tiger? What'd you think of him? I think he looked good. Mm-hmm. I think he looked healthy. Um, well, did you see about... the the meme of like him last year, like yeah. when he's getting interviewed, and then what he looks like this year? Yeah, I think it was no laying up to actually put it up there. Like you wouldn't, you couldn't tell that. I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell that he was in a r- terrible car accident. You know, you thought right. he would have been, but it's crazy. Well, I think it was your boy. Justin Ray, who made a, a big deal of uh, Tiger walking up the steps. I guess those steps are like, so the steps, you know, where 18's at, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. 52 steps, right? And I guess they're no joke. And I guess a lot of people were the, under the assumption that Tiger was going to, you know, cart it back and forth up and you know, mm-hmm. taking the steps. And I guess he, he showed like no sign of having, you know, almost lost his leg. And basically, guys were like, "Yeah, he dominated those steps, so he's going to be playing in the Masters." <laughs> oh. Realistically, when do you think he comes back for a tournament? I think he'll be back for the for the Masters this year. Yeah, I don't really. Think, yeah, I think that's I think that's going to be probably his first event. And if he doesn't come back for the Masters, 
which is which would be a wild move to be his first event. But I don't really see just looking at the schedule. Eh, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's probably the earliest I could see him coming back. But knowing Tiger, like, I don't think he comes back playing a major off the bat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I might have to change that answer. Um, but I would, I would say not as late as people think. Like, a lot of people are saying, you know, the Open, um, you know, which he's, what, won twice there or three times at uh, the old course. So people are saying it's flat. Like, that's where he mm-hmm. would most likely come back. I think he'll be back before that. I don't know which tournament, but it would be insane if he came back for the Masters. Um, although that's a rough walk, so. Right. That is crazy. When do you think he's coming back? Definitely not the Masters. But I think he, I mean, I don't really, I can see the Open, like they're saying, for the walk and everything like that. But, I mean, he did look a lot healthier, though, that was – that was one takeaway. Um, I got a kick out of uh, the uh, on Twitter the meme or not the meme, but the picture of him and Rory talking, and he's sitting there laughing, and people are like, "What do you think they're talking about?" Type deal thing. Right. Yeah. Um, you definitely look healthy, and I now that I think about that, that I, I probably fired that off from the hip. I don't. Masters is kind of soon. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> Rob's dying over there. Uh, yeah, the Masters is probably too early. Plus, the more I thought about it, he's not coming back for, you know, a major off the bat. So, right. Um, yeah, but I think it will be before the Open. Um, the Rory pick was awesome to see. He looked, like I said, he looked super happy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if they were talking about Phil. <laughs> Strong possibility. Yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> Speaking of, what's going on with that guy? I just, it was crazy, like, listening to Shotgun Start this morning and following Twitter and all that stuff. It's like, you know, they made a good point of, you know, in the beginning of the week, you know, the SGL had some good traction, right? They they were up there. And then in a matter of 48 hours, like, DJ, Bryson, Rory ripping them just kind of took all the win out from underneath them it's just like you know it's just crazy and then phil's comments coming out from november it was um it's 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 definitely interesting yeah i see i've i've actually learned a lot over the last like week just from reading different articles listening to different podcasts like there's been so ever since his quote came out via you know, Alan Shipnick with the Harfoot mm. Collective, like that basically set the tone. And then all these other guys started jumping on the bandwagon. And the one guy I listened to a podcast, literally called him uh, a dirtbag. He's super unlikable. And I was sitting there and I'm like, like, where is this all, you know, where's this all coming from? Like, am I just not that informed? Or like, do these guys know more than the average Joe? Like, Mm-hmm. You know, I always knew Phil, whatever, you know, he's an egomaniac, but like, he's always, you know, at least doing some kind of, you know, act of kindness, like he's very into charities and like, 
sure he had the whole you know insider trading blah 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 but like you know to call him a dirt bag i thought that was strong words but then again like you know i don't know the full story so um i'm looking forward to alan shipnick's book the essentially the um biography that he wrote on phil and then mm-hmm. that's, that's where that quote stems from sure um that you're talking about from november which actually i'll go ahead and in read that now so phil said they killed washington post reporter and u.s resident jamal kashagi and have a horrible record on human rights they execute people over there for being gay knowing all this why why would i even consider it question mark because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to reshape pga tour how the the pga tour operates mm-hmm. so obviously people took that and just ran with it right and and it goes further he calls them you know motherfuckers and but here's the thing i this is where i think like it got people kind of got way too sensitive with this thing is like you know is it a double standard like the the us and the saudi have been working hand in hand for years like we're we're the biggest export of saudi you know there's who's not to say like you know what basically what i'm getting at is like how do you differentiate what is blood money what's not like the you think u.s dollars is clean money like no you know there there's so my stance on it is like well okay if phil was for sure being if he was legitimately trying to leverage the the saudi golf league to then give these guys on the pga tour like guaranteed contracts and to you know help build the pga tour moving forward in the future then that's different but if like phil was trying to work with the saudis and then that kind of like backfired and then he went and just shit on the pga tour which what it seems like happened. Um, and then he kind of got caught in the crossfires. Right. And I think that's where people see this at. And I'm just, I don't know, I, I could care less either way. So I just try to remain neutral until I hear more from Phil. Because I the guy's not an idiot. Does he does Phil think he's smarter than everybody else? Probably, but Phil's not dumb. So to put himself out there and in this position, I think there's more to it. I think Phil knows more than us. I think Phil knows maybe some things he's not supposed to know. Um, I just think there's more to the story for him. to. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting when he finally decides to talk about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, just seeing DJ on Sunday morning and then Bryson following DJ Sunday afternoon. Well, yeah. So here's my other thing too, is like, and I get, and I'm sure they're, I'm sure what Phil had to say impacted their decision heavily. I think the way that Phil said it, right. Is what what has everybody up in arms. Like people are like, I can't believe he was so knowingly like wide open or wide eyed about it. And it's like, okay, well, are you going to be really that naive and act like you don't know what's going on? 
So it's like, just because Phil came out and said it, like, you know, is it really that big a difference? You know where that money's coming from. Like I said, the U.S. is Saudi's biggest, you know, biggest trader. Like people, I don't get why people are so shocked by this. I, you know, and I guess it is the, the way that Phil just came out and said it, but do you think DJ's and Bryson's camp and, you know, Lee Westwood's camp, like, have these guys not had that conversation before? And yeah. It's, and it's kind of just getting brushed under the rug just because they didn't openly come out and say it. So that's, that's kind of just like where I stand. I think it's, you know, if, if you bring up the idea to go play in the league, no matter what, it should be, it should be well known that you're very aware of what is going on. You know, just because right. he's the one who came out and said it, it was kind of the, the representative, however you want to look at that. Yeah, sure. I mean, it is what it is. But like I said, I kind of stand neutral just because I think there's more to it. Um, to your point, though, I, I think it, I think that ship sailed, um, especially with, you know, DJs and, and Bryson's, you know, essentially their um, Pledge of Allegiance, you know, right. to the PGA Tour and, um, you know, so yeah, I think it's I think it's dead in the water, but I don't know. I just don't know. I, I definitely see the side where everybody's kind of up in arms about how Phil is just able to openly say that. But then again, it's like, well, you know, what did you think was going on? So I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird situation. Like I said, I I'm not very political i don't really get into all that mess so i don't really give a shit either way um i just find it funny you know as the whole double standard of how the u.s and saudi have, have done business for many many years and you know that's not brought in question or you know the whole nike and you know um there there's plenty of other things where you could apply that to but for some reason this has been you know, the, the bigger issue. Yeah. I wonder what the consequences will be with the tour and Phil though, like moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see the, I could see the tour suspending him or, you know, um, I don't, I don't think banning him would be the, the right play, but I could, I could definitely see some, some repercussions, uh, right? You know, I people were getting so ridiculous. Like, people are like, "Oh, the the Masters should you know rescind his invitation and blah blah blah." I'm like, "Come on." So, but like I said, a lot of the interviews that I've heard over the last week, especially the the one podcast from I think Will Will Bardell or Bardwell. Anyways, he was pretty open about how Phil has been a super unlikable guy since he came out of college, um, how he's essentially a dirtbag, and that Phil has a lot of relationships in public relation that have saved his mm -hmm. career. So, like I said, I just, I kind of was unaware of that. Maybe naive to it, yeah, just because I, I, I tend to like Phil. 
right um which doesn't change my stance either way i just i enjoy him you know as a golfer sure uh, yeah i think he, well, i mean think about that whole thing they didn't have twitter they didn't have any social media so if there's stuff back then we didn't really ever hear about it because we just watched what we watched on tv right and i was i i think this was like you know, an opportunity for all of that to come up. Like once the can of worms was open, people have just been piling up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, all these other stories are coming to light, but yeah. So, uh, Alan Shipnuck, who is with the fire pit collective is the one who is writing a, um, an uncensored slash, you know, um, so Phil agreed to this interview, this phone interview. He then told Alan that he wasn't aware that it was on record. Um, Alan claims that he told him it was on record. Um, so that's where this whole thing stems from. And, you know, this is going on four months where this guy had to just sit there and keep this all bottled in. Right. Finally got to, you know, unleash. So, uh, but his, that book, I listened to it today um not the book but the the podcast about the book the release of it he says you know it's it's everything it's it's phil's you know shortcomings it's phil's career you know he said even you know even if you are a big phil fan you'll you'll after reading this book you'll even be a bigger phil fan like he says it is messy but there's a lot of good stuff in there so i'm i'm not even a book guy and i'm super pumped to to get that hopefully they have the audio version yeah right seriously speed it up one and a half times one and a half yeah no less right um but anyhow um we don't want to spend too much time on that just because you know like i said we're not we're not here for the the, the political movement um but rot what we did do over the weekend is you know not only were you at a birthday party, I was at a wedding. We were also um, finalizing the CGT Pro Shop. Oh yeah, building it out. Pretty excited uh, about it on our website. Yeah. Um, so we've mentioned it before, um, even prior to. I think early on, what was going to be new in 2022. This was something that we've talked about for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously, you know, as we've progressed and built out our website and got into the e-com side um the cgt website or yes the cgt pro shop for members joining in in 2022 is is bananas um just a little sneak peek of what we're going to be offering so and this is for members only so once you register You'll have access to the member website, which you'll find the CGT Pro Shop. We got drivers, woods, irons, wedges, putters, balls, shoes. Uh, some of the clubs we got going here, just the drivers we'll look at. All new. Yeah, all all brand new. Uh, you got the the products from Titleist, TaylorMade, Callaway, Ping. You know, so you got the new Stealth, the Stealth Plus uh irons there's a bunch of um same you know titles uh tailor-made styles the callaway rogues 
bunch of Mizunos, whether that's the the pros or the JPX 921 Forge, which I which I game, um, which I think are are unreal. Um, wedges, Cleveland, Callaway, TaylorMade, Titleist, Mizuno, um, putters. We got the whole Odyssey White Hot OG family, and then you got the two ball and the eleven and the tri hot. We might add some Scotties to that. That's to be determined, but for the most part, you know, uh, oh, and then the fairway woods. So fairway woods are same brands as the, as the drivers, Tylus, TaylorMade, Callaway, uh, Ping, Callaway, you got, you know, the Rogue and the Maverick. So we got a lot of good, a lot yeah. of good stuff. Um, we'll the, have like the kind of cool part about it is that, you know, each member obviously will have their access to the pro shop. You'll have this is you know an option. We'll also have the sub seventy shop set up for guys too. Yep. So you know, well, there's there's something for everybody pretty much. Yep. So not only do we have the the CGT pro shop, but we also have the sub seventy pro shop. So guys interested in sub seventy products, you know, demoing sub seventy, what have you. Um, you have full access to that as well. And all of this, like Rob said, comes with membership. Um, we'll talk about pricing real quick. So just a little sneak peek. Let's take the let's take the TaylorMade Stealth, for instance, right? And this is just the Stealth, not the Stealth Plus. So MSRP on the Stealth is typically 580, right? On the CGT Pro Shop, we're selling it for 522. That's not including shipping. You have the opportunity to either pick it up or we could ship it to you. So you'll have that option. Um, just going over to wedges now, right? So we'll look at the we'll look at the tailor-made milled grind three. So MSRP on that is 180 a wedge, which is absolutely bananas. Um, I mean, I remember when wedges were like a buck ten a piece. Right. So, anyways, uh, 180 for a wedge for the mill mill grind three from TaylorMade, and we're selling those for 162. Uh, we'll jump up to the Cleveland RTX full face MSRP on that is 160. The CGT price is 144. So, it's a nice uh, a nice little savings, and like I said, it's it's part of the value of becoming a CGT member. So the pro shop, we're super pumped about. Rob did a hell of a job um, building out that out with, you know, all the, the pictures and the descriptions and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's going to be a, our website in 2022 is legitimately going to be a full-blown operating website with, you know, everything we've, we've offered in the past, plus now two pro shops, um what else we got up there rob just again slack with that form going so that would be nice the resources we got a lot of resources oh the resources too yeah we got a lot of resources so the resource page is going to be um you know for the ogs you guys will know the the player handbook will be in the resources the points distribution and then we've added everything from uh videos from 
the USGA's website, you know, the top five rulings that typically come into play on the CGT. So, you know, stroke and distance in relation to um, lost ball or, you know, just in general stroke and distance off the tee. Um, Wars or wars, there was a couple other ones. Uh, an unplayable lot. Yeah, we'll have the, the calculator on there. We'll have the link for the app too. So just to make it easier for everybody. Yeah, when they're there's out there. a ton of good stuff in there. A lot of informative, good stuff to, to jump on there and and you know have the the resources to get you the answer you're looking for. Um, so yeah, we got the resources. The website overall is just where we were at in year one, Rob, compared <laughs> to now what we're offering on the website is, is kind of night and day, which is awesome. Uh, uh, I think that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, that it's, it's a huge understatement. Um, I mean, I could tell you right now. There was, you tell me you don't want the emails with the scores and the scorecard score sent to you anymore? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. And I don't miss the the four hour Saturday mornings going through Excel sheets, looking at scores and sorting scores and, you know, all that nonsense, but Hey, you got to start somewhere. You do. So this, 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 Look at new, us now. I was going to say this new website <clears throat> is just a fruition of all of the hard work that we've put in, you know, the last couple of years. So, um, it's a good it's for the people, Tom. It's for the people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's to make everybody's life a little bit easier. Um, you know, you guys are going to, you guys are going to love it. I think you're going to be blown. That's it. Enjoy the, yeah. Enjoy the game more. So it makes it easier on everybody and looking forward to the season. This is true. This is true. Um, which, you know, registration is by the time you guys hear this will be less than a week out. March mm -hmm. 1st, obviously you can go pre-reg right now, um, but March 1st, the gates open up and the gates never close in 2022, which is something new. We've, we've typically had a deadline um, just because of our self-automated process in the past years. It, mm -hmm. was too, it was just always just too hard to end, you know, to add guys at a certain point because, you know, we're, we're we don't, we're not guys that code. So once it's, once it was in there, it was in there. Um, but we've changed things around, you know, reached out, got some help, added some new things. Now we no longer need to, you know, put a deadline on registration. So registration sure. will essentially be open all year. So you could join at any point. Yeah. And when registration opens, you know, they can purchase their membership right away. Right. And with, with that being said, if there's any of you guys in the market looking for, you know, new product for the year, you're definitely going to want to register early. That way you can get into the member website, check out the CGT pro shop and get your hands on some new gear before uh, the season. So that's also a plus, but um, that brings us right into the book it with T Honda classic picks. Speaking of Honda, did you see it's the, what is it? The 16 spots for one. Yeah. Did you see, hold on. 
Did you see what, what was his name? Gellerman on the Corn Fairy Tour? Mm-mm. Really? He four put it on 18? No. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just saw it uh, last night. I wanted to puke. He was putting for birdie on 18 from like 20 feet away, 25 feet away, blew a pass, then rimmed it, and then kind of just like, you know, you know, when there's normally like a little meat on the bone left and sure, and guys kind of just like walk up and, and, and play. Yeah. And we did yeah. that rim, rim job again. So he ended up finishing oh. sixth. Um, I believe so the birdie the birdie was for the win I believe um and then I think the par was you know for solo second but I could be wrong um but yeah it just one of those videos where like you you kind of just like cringe watching it because you get so sick of your stomach for the guy uh but the guy couldn't have took it any better in his in his post uh post game interview he's like you know I I'm just basically going to go home and have a beer and think about it tomorrow. Like he like kind of just played it off. Like, you know, it wasn't eating him alive, but I'm sure it was. Um, oh, it had to be. Yeah. Anyway. So let's jump into the, the Honda classic picks. Who do you like this week? I'd even look into it. I'm looking at the field right now. So I normally, obviously we're with T. We are we're with T. We're with T. We're always with T. Um, especially when he brings us winners like he did, you know, two events ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so T's picks for the Honda Classic, his long shot is Smotherman, 100 to 1. Then he's got Mitchell, 40 to 1. Then he's got Norin, 40 to 1. Brooksy, 22 to 1. This is going to shock you, I think. He's got Louie as the favorite, 16 to 1. And you could book it with T. Really? Yep. Oh, Lee West was in the field. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Might have to go Westy. Okay, dude. Westy doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> Throw your money on Louie, 16 to 1. And you could book oh, Wolf's, Wolf's it. Oh, in it. Um, I'll book it with T. As always, Rob, are you ready for the top three? Ready for the top three. What do we got this week? I want to know your top three hardest shots on the golf course. What are you what do you think are the three hardest shots on the golf course? That's tough, man. I mean I would say the first tee shot, like for instance, the freaking um when we played the Southside Championship at Ridge. <laughs> Just at first tee with even with a hybrid, you know, the hands were shaking. So I have to go with something like that with the stakes that are high. So in the, off the, the first tee. In the three hole, the first tee jitters. First tee jitters, I guess. Um second hardest shot. I hate I hate with a passion when you're like, I'd rather be if you're gonna put me in the sand, put me in a sand. I'm at a bunk, bunker that's next to the green. I hate that bunker that's like a hundred yards out or in between like maybe 70 and I could just never, I don't have the feel for it. So it's like either I skull it past the green 
or or I chunk it so bad that it doesn't make it to the green. So that would have to be number two. And then, man, going back to the Ryder Cups, I hate those. The toughest ones are the the those little knee knocker putts to either have the hole or to win the point or win the match. I always find those. I love putting, but to me, those are always like the hardest ones to uh, make, you know, like a little four foot slider. Yeah. You know, with a lot on the stake, you know, especially like if you're in the last group for your Ryder cup and you're coming up on 18 and you're sitting there and you got to make the putt to either push and have half a point to keep the cup or whatnot. It's just, that one always gets me. Gotcha. That's, I mean, I think I have, well, at least one I have the um, same as you, and that's the little knee knocker. Mm-hmm. I would say, well, let's start off with the, the three hole. I would say the three hole is probably like, you know, the, the shot similar to what uh, Morikawa did on Sunday, but from like a little bit further out. So not like, so probably like a 60 yard tight lie, mm-hmm. you know? So if you kind of, if you play a hole where it, the fairway kind of like, it's a, say it's a short par four or whatever, and the fairway kind of just runs into, you know, um, the second cut, which really isn't the second cut around the green. It's almost like a fringe, mm-hmm. that tight lie to like, you know, a middle or a back pin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shot stinks. It's tough. <laughs> um, that's a little nipper shot, which are, are fun to play. They're just, they're tough. You know, basically, I'd be hit absolutely perfect. Otherwise, you're, like you said, you're either scold or, you know, you're coming up short. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would probably say that's probably in the three hole. Mm-hmm. Two hole is is probably like a comebacker for par, like a four five footer that you just mm-hmm. made a terrible birdie putt. Um, <laughs> now you gotta, you know, make this thing to save it. Sure, sure. Dumped. Otherwise, you just dumped a stroke. Um, that's probably two, and then I would say. Number one is just like a super unfortunate lie. So whether that's like a good tee ball that really isn't like, you know, that far offline, maybe you kind mm-hmm. of blew it through the fairway a little bit, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like, you know, three fairways over, right? Mm-hmm. You know, basically a well-hit shot that just ends up in, you know, a shit spot. So sure. And you in to the to this point though, like you can't play, like you have to punch out. That's why, it's yeah, like, the punch out, yeah, the punch out, yep, right. So it's like just an unfortunate shot that you get a shitty lie and then you can't go through a tree, or you know, so you, it has to be punched out. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably my top three. I just feel like that's you know, a, a complete waste of a shot when you have to do that, but you know, sometimes you just got to take your medicine, you know? Got to take the medicine sometimes. Yeah, those tight courses or those old country clubs that we play sometimes, I'm not a big fan of that. 
because it seems like there's a lot of punching out. Yeah, I mean the old high burrito and the uh, seven iron come and play at those courses. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, until next time, we'll uh, we'll see you in the fairway. See you in the fairway, Tom. See you, buddy.